Welcome to Booklandia, where we review romance novels. This and every episode are chock full of oversharing and spoilers. Every episode is rated E for explicit. Hello. Oh, hello. I was just reading our favorite scene. <laughs> okay. Uh, for those of you who can see this, this is a, a I'm going to throw so much shade, a very staged reading. <laughs> I am an excellent actor. How dare you? It was. It was staged. It was planned. Everything about it. I'm Ford, the most excellent actor you've ever met in your entire life. And I'm Sky, the most judgmental um, acting critic there's ever been. Mm, mm-hmm. Each pretty year, accurate, actually. Out, drama desk. Yeah, that's pretty. That is pretty accurate, actually. Um, we're gonna talk today. We're gonna do something slightly different. Uh, look, we're just doing something different all the time. We can't stick to a a setup Format. really anymore. D- yeah, that's the word. Great. We're gonna talk about. Uh, we're gonna talk again about Ice Planet Barbarians by Ruby Dixon, but we're gonna talk about it in comparison to Lauren's Barbarian, which is the first book of the Ice Home series, which is the second series set on the same planet as Ice Planet Barbarians. Are you with me? Did you? Does everyone understand what we're doing today? <laughs> it's a compare and contrast paper podcast. Excellent. Of two excellent. book reports. Two book reports. Well, we've done one already. So in case mm-hmm. you are not familiar with Ice Planet Barbarians, in season one, yeah. we did an episode on the first book in that series and in this season we did an episode on the second book in that series so um go catch up if you want to or if you are like us i would encourage no i'd encourage a catch-up because we're not going to talk much about ice planet barbarians no in enough detail for you to know what's going on or if you are like all of tiktok you've already read it you already know it and this is (laughs) an unnecessary first half but um, I had no idea about Lauren and her barbarian and the Ice Home series because I thought that the first mm-hmm. 23 was 19 too many. I know, not a popular opinion. We can get into that. I haven't read past the third one. I really haven't at all. Mm-mm. And I kind of don't care. But I read Lauren's barbarian explicitly for the purposes of this episode. And it kind of shows in my attitude. Because you made me. And I was hoping that... So when I read Georgie's book, which is the first one in Ice Planet, I was very skeptical. And I was like, I am not sure this is going to be a thing I'm going to care about. And then I did instantly. And it was wonderful and lovely. The glow didn't last long for me, but it was lovely when it began. I was hoping that this had a similar effect. For me, it 110% did not. Mm, hard no. Before we get into that, though, we should really address the fact that I sound like Kermit with a bird sitting on his nose. Like, there's a whole <laughs> lot of this going on. Um, I'm allergic to the universe, and it's the worst. Uh, thank you, universe, for showing up with all your pollens. I bet the bees I, love it. If you had to say anything, I thought you would maybe just be giving me your sultry, sultry. <laughs> Podcasting voice. I mean, Hello, yeah, the best. Po- to, can you can you just say welcome to NPR? <laughs> now I can't because <laughs> okay, great. <clears throat> welcome to NPR. Oh fuck! <laughs> oh, that was really good. Oh, <sighs> it's too bad we're friends. That was that was really good. 
<laughs> well then, there the are uses. is working for you. Excellent. Uh, good to know. It is murder on my sinuses, but apparently it's good for my uh, podcast voice. <laughs> Absolutely. There's always a silver lining to you slowly dying through snot. <laughs> drowning. Uh- <laughs> so you're slowly drowning in your own liquid. I am just drinking this beer i oh i we had book club earlier and i did not share this with book club but i'll share it here i went to the dentist i have a new dentist now and i I went to my first cleaning and the dental hygienist looked in my mouth and said we only have time to clean half your mouth and the crux of that issue is that i went to my old dentist in like three months ago and apparently when they cleaned my teeth it was such a bad job that I have to sit in the chair for two total hours to get back to like null. So anyway, I have a really great dentist now. And uh, she's like, why don't you put on your headphones? We're going to be here a while. I was going to say, so <laughs> the, so thing, to, yeah, the thing yeah, that most parents ahead. will tell you is that getting your teeth cleaned is one of the greatest things you can do, especially when you have the ability to secure childcare. Because someone asks mm. you to lay still for two hours with headphones on. <laughs> And with no interruptions allowed. It's literally like Mm. a dream when you have little ones. Interesting. That's not the sound that happens in my dream, that like scraping nails on a chalkboard thing. But like, I understand that beggars can't be choosers in parenthood. Yeah, exactly. A small price to pay for (laughs) peace and quiet. Mm -hmm. That's my story. I'm sticking to it. I I remember thinking that when the kiddos were little and that I was like, oh, I get to lay here and no one is going to need me for an hour. Okay, And I have to do this. It's not like a self-care, like going for a massage optional thing. I got to do this. Yeah. I see. I see now. I see the benefit. Should we come back to books? Yes. I think we noses and teeth. (laughs) I think we ummed about the the same thing. And the thing that we ummed about was that so I wrote a blurb about Lawrence Barbarian because I do feel like that's maybe not a book everybody's read. So we can catch people up on at least this the second book. I have to say, this is maybe a salty read, but Because I was salty. Should I do it in my NPR voice? I mean, it is up to you, but you've been warned that it's a little salty. All right. You ready? I'm I'm ready. Count me in. Three, two, one. Lauren is abducted by bad aliens, rescued by humans and... God aliens. That's not that's <laughs> good supposed to be aliens. good aliens. <laughs> this is all even before the book begins. She accidentally ends up jettisoned out of the carniv out to the carnivorous ocean while also accidentally bump- burning down the bad alien spaceship. When she comes to, she's on an active volcano and she's resonating to a camouflaging, four-armed, naked guy blue guy masturbating against a tree. Things get more complicated from there as she tries to get Cathar and his tribe to leave the volcano for the safety of Not Hoth. Um, sexy voice is slower, and I knew I was not going to beat the timer. Should have pre-read that for spell check. I'm just going to say that out loud. I, I need you to know that I spell checked <laughs> it, but unfortunately, God is a real word. So <laughs> I spell checked it. I just didn't Lower read it. For- G. It didn't say you got to uppercase that shit. 
Mm-hmm. No, no, it definitely was like this is totally Weird. fine. I did spell check it. It just didn't didn't go my way. So yeah, Excellent. so that's the story. There are more humans and some non-humans that end up on not hop. Mm-hmm. These are all the things that I think happen later in yes. the original se- series. So this is my first yes. gripe with this book. When we enter Georgie's world, Like, we don't know anything about this world. We don't know anything about these people. And we are confused, but we're confused together um, with the Mm -hmm. main character. And that feels like a discovery that makes a lot of sense. When Lauren's book Mm -hmm. begins, there's a lot of implied previous knowledge for us as a reader. That Mm -hmm. as someone who did not read all of the previous books, I struggled with a lot. Like, there's a lot of named characters that don't really get introduced so much as just, like, the names are thrown at us because they are characters Mm -hmm. from previous novels. And that's fine. But if I just picked up this book, that first section... Which I did, exactly. That first section... And even the last last section when they get back to not Hoth. Exactly. And there's like, oh, this happened to this person and this is happening to that person. And I'm like, cool, I don't care about any of that because I haven't connected with any of those people or their names or Mm -hmm. why this is a thing. So just from the very beginning, I was like, oh, cool. I don't, I feel like I'm already very lost. And so I'm emotionally not Mm -hmm. really connected to any of it. And then all of a sudden she ends up literally across the ocean in a hot zone also quite literally and she wakes up to this four-armed dude really liking a tree masturbating he he didn't like a tree he liked her so much that he had to spill all over a tree so like i make it sound like he was really into a tree he really wasn't he was normal amounts into a tree (laughs) for a forest dwelling alien person for a forest dwelling Um, alien So I as I have read the series up to now and I'm reading it in timeline order. So I haven't finished the first series um, because this book picks up like four books from the end of that series. So they start to kind of um, zipper together, the two series zipper together and then Ice Home takes over. And I can say confidently, quantitatively, we're going to go with that word, that you're correct. Like it mattered more to me having read those stories and knowing those characters. I never thought, excuse me, I never thought twice about who was talking and all the backstory and all the little tidbits and all of that. So absolutely, pro, pro and con, I think, of, of this book is if you haven't read it, you're not going to know. If you haven't read the previous series, you might be lost. But I think the point of like having her go to this island, not only does it set it, do- it answers some questions from, I think it's Harlow's book, because uh, Harlow sees the island in the distance. We finally get there as readers, and so we're getting some questions answered. But it's also, just like Georgie, dropping our main character in an unknown location. I mean, a second, a new unlo- uh, unknown location where she has to, like, she doesn't know the language. She doesn't know what the fuck is going on. She has to try and protect another human being. And all of those things are exactly what happens to Georgie in the uh, first Ice Planet Barbarians. Yes, but what I, from a plot standpoint, what I think worked for me in Georgie's book and what didn't work for me in this book Mm -hmm. is that there is a sense of real danger 
Like I understand mm-hmm. the implications of Georgie Freezing not going. Like, yeah, someone freezes yeah. to death in the first chapter. Like, right, like we see real consequences yeah. of what happens when they're not taking care of themselves, not paying attention to their environments, not cooperating with the other creatures mm-hmm. on this planet. In mm-hmm. uh, in Lauren's case. Yes, she figures out it's an active volcano. Yes, Qatar <laughs> tells us that what? like his Why entire... Why do you say it like that? <laughs> because that's how what? she describes it, is that it sounds like a sneeze. Mm. As someone who's been sneezing a lot recently, you are the most qualified to say the name. Like, Sorry, he, continue. He tells us that you know his tribe is dying out, or a lot of his tribe has died out because the volcano has already erupted but there isn't any immediate like it did not feel like anything that happened to her had that sense of immediate danger for me as a reader because right. i right. have never been on an active volcano i don't understand right. and what she like, automatically knew what a caldera was and i was like is that what it and then she explains and i'm like oh yeah like she never goes to the lava flow like she right. never witnesses the other than the smoke in the distance and the earthquakes. I we, I get you there. And we don't know, like, if she were like, turns out I was a volcanologist back on the earth. And so I have a really <laughs> deep, un- like, we know that she wore glasses and she was a virgin and she had a bird. That's all we know about her. <laughs> That's very true. But also for me, sorry, when you said it, my brain was like a volcanologist is someone who studies the Vulcans the in Vulcans. Star Trek. Uh, the Vulcans and Star Trek also maybe that but right like there's sort of that piece (laughs) for me was missing so when she's when the Mm -hmm. emotions were heightened for her they were not heightened for me whereas I could connect to the to the stuff with Georgie it's also really interesting that you bring up like just surviving on the planet because this island is a completely different world but and and she describes these so, kind of describes these other animals, and she has like a near miss with a like a rhinoceros sized crocodile or something. I like I honestly don't remember any of the animals because they were never a big plot point. Like she was never it was never actually scary because right. he, Cathar was always there to take care of her, and like she never got close to being eaten one by one of the giant birds that live on this island, even though. They live on this island and she's the invader, like, and she's the, you know, stupid food, but like they were attacked. I just like, I, I agree there that the, the threat never felt real for Lauren because she was always protected and she was never really experiencing anything on her own. Right. So yeah. So there is, there is that. Mm. great (laughs) transition well done (laughs) so there is that and in terms of characters and i I sort of already brought this up all i know about lauren is that she wears glasses yeah she's a virgin we sort of need to talk about the fact that we like bring that up a lot and then don't bring it up at all and yeah yeah (laughs) yeah Um, that that's been a thing where like the early ruby dixon books make a bigger deal about it and then the lesser books like they'll mention a thing and then it's not a big deal because the other person's also a virgin or something and it's fine and so let's not make a which is great don't like sex shame virgins or virgin shame or whatever but 
totally fine, except the the sex scene has a really specific part in it that I assume is should be the the breaking of the hymen part, and it isn't there. It's like a sentence is missing, mm. and it just mm. like oh uh, maybe. <laughs> She, I mean, maybe she also rode horses. And so that's not a thing. Not every virgin has a hymen. <laughs> it's absolutely true. Right. But uh, that's like, that also is mentioned. Her quee removed her hymen. Because what's the functionality of a hymen? I mean, it has Doctors, one. please. <laughs> Do- does it? Yes, it does. Otherwise, why have it? it I mean, appendices. Oh, but you do need your appendix because it uh, collects all of the debris in your body until it's so full with debris that it explodes. And then you have to be much more oh, careful is about that what, what you... it is. Yeah. So like if you eat a um, like a, a sunflower seed and you accidentally swallow the shell, your appendix is the one who's going to collect this, the shell and make sure it doesn't puncture any of your other organs. How yeah, it... long has science known this? Because I'm zero moments old. I feel like... <laughs> Up to now, science is like, we don't know. It. Let's just get rid of it. It's garbage. No, that's, that's why you don't like just remove it right away. You let it be part of the person's body because it is the fil- it's one of the filtration systems for Interesting. I thought it was like a do no harm. Like if we're in here, I guess we can just get rid of it. It's going to rupture at some point. But like, we're not going to go in specifically. No. Nope. Cool. Okay. Well. <laughs> Well, I'm not a doctor. I just Neither play one I. on this podcast. <laughs> Neither am I. But so I'm anyway, an so I think actor, however, I mean, genuinely, <laughs> we'll have to look up what the intended purpose of a hymen is. But I assume it has to do with maybe protecting the cervix early on when it's developing. Out of the it uterus. keeps debris out of the uterus. That is not true. <laughs> but you know, you guys, let's let's go. <laughs> If debris is getting into your uterus, there are other things we should talk about. Because you are getting way too intimate in the beach. With the beach. With the beach. beach. All the (laughs) prepositions are hard. Uh, And also coming back to this. Okay. There we go. So So, my 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 point uh, here is that I don't know much about Lauren. And Lauren's life before this happened to her, other mm-hmm. than she wore glasses. And I appreciated a storyline about someone who needed glasses as a person who needs glasses. I'm like, oh, this is how the glasses thing would have worked out. Uh-huh. I feel like I know more about Georgie during that first mm-hmm. book, about who she was yeah. before this moment and how she decides to actively change how she interacts with the world from what she, how she was before this happened to her and how she is now. Mm-hmm. Because she tells us that she's not usually a leader and she steps into this leadership role. Whereas Lauren is like, oh, I'm the gal that doesn't dance at a dance club. I think I'm going to fuck this dude. Like, that, <laughs> that's an arc. But I don't know if it's a very compelling well, arc. Like, I equated Lauren to Georgie in that same way in that she was like in her need to protect um Marisol she was like well I guess I'll stand up because Marisol is hiding behind me I'll be the person in front I will make the decisions and the choices and take care of Marisol and it, it that to me very much felt like exactly the choices that Georgie made she chose to represent the human women 
that she was with. I saw that duality right off the bat. And that was kind of the impetus for me wanting to do this kind of episode. I was like, oh, are we, should I be doing a chapter by chapter, side by side book comparison? Because I'm pretty sure when she woke up to Cathar masturbating, that was chapter five, which is like chapter five in this book. I could almost guarantee there it's a, it's a scene, scene to scene remake. It did not feel like that to me at all. Mm. Uh, Georgie's mm. felt like it was a potato chip book. Like it was moving really fast and all this stuff were happening. Mm. And this book, I literally was like, wait, what's happening now? How many more pages mm. until the end of this chapter? Can, mm. can I put my book reader on two and a half speed to get to the end of oh, this shit. volcano? That is yeah. the most speed. <laughs> it is the most speed. I would, I will say that this book had maybe the least amount of sex in any of the books. On the page sex. There's Potentially. like implied yeah, many, many uh, that, couplings. Like, I guess. Yeah. But it, yeah, there, it was just not as steamy as I want it. But there was a shit ton of like action or, you know, action-y plot points. <laughs> yes. Let's escape this alligator rhino. Let's not get eaten by this giant bird. Let's escape this volcano erupting. So lots of things going on and happening, just not in the pants region. Yeah, and I... Or, uh, so sorry, in the leafy loincloth region. <laughs> in the leafy loincloth. And I don't read these books for anything but the leafy loincloth region, honestly. You don't read these books full stop, period. <laughs> this is the problem. I do not read these books full stop, period. I don't, like, I'm not um, being judgy. I just but like ran out of steam you? on them. I am not. No, I'm not judging oh. you for reading them. I'm just mm. not currently motivated to read them myself. There's nothing sure. wrong with them. Sure. My my brain is just not engaged. Sure. And I think this book may have nailed nail in the coffin for the whole series altogether for you. Um, but that's okay. You're wrong. Um, <laughs> I would. I will also argue that these books, uh, book one, book one of both series are so similar. It's, um, you know, fish out of water on a weird location. Neither of the MCs know each other's languages and they have to strive to communicate also while banging. The, I think the only difference there is that Cathar never tried to learn English and that right. pissed me off a little bit. That really ticked me off. Like they were falling in love with a weird looking male. And like for Georgie, blue tail, horns, plates. spur, plates, three fingers, whatever. And for Cathar, it's like four arms and blue, but changes colors and a tail, tiny horns. Like there's different things. And it was different enough for me to be like, to kind of take me back to that. Oh, this is, this is weird, but hot, weird, but hot, which is the name of the game for book one too. Yes, I agree. I mean, like... I don't know. There's just something about this one that didn't have the same energy as book one. Mm, yes. Which was weird, yeah. but strangely hot. And this was just weird yeah. hotness aside. I mean, hands everywhere is the name of the sex game for this book. Yes. And and I, I do have a <laughs> note about that later. It is the exception okay. to my to my otherwise this book didn't work for me rule. <laughs> Great. Okay. Let's see. Also in similarities, Georgie and Vectal is the chief clan leader, chief clan chief, clan chief. Oof. Words this is our fun. Um <laughs> and Cathar is the chief of his clan. So like 
it's it's oddly similar uh, like suspiciously so excuse me suspiciously so yeah i mean in 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 bones and bare bones yes sure i agree that's what i like structurally and like the core i think there's just a well there's too many similarities for me to be like this isn't a coincidence i don't know the things that didn't connect for me here that connected for me with georgie so if we talk about if we go to tropes and we talk about tropes and i sort of already brought up the virgin thing um but lauren and and sneeze go from the first sexual encounter (laughs) to to being in love which is fine like right they're Uh like symbiotic being makes them care for each other uh, but yeah. like she tells him she loves him late in the book when she's able to say it in his language. But mm-hmm. then she's pregnant, maybe, and it's just yes. dropped out there. Like there's no conversation about it in terms of like we think we've done it enough times to get pregnant or whatever. I feel like there are other conversations. Oh, I see. I do feel like in book one, I had the same issue where Georgie went from I don't know if I want to be a mother to I'm so excited to carry his baby in like Mm -hmm. 3.3 seconds this didn't even have the 3.3 seconds it literally just went and I'm pregnant and I'm like wait did I miss a chapter like I know I'm reading fast but was I reading too fast no you missed 16 other books oh where it it just becomes such a thing that it's like oh we resonated and now we're pregnant I see. I see. That's what it is, is that this is just the yeah. timeline. They just boink yeah. until they baby. Right. We've already gone through the I don't want to be pregnant storyline and the I like, how long can I resist this storyline? And like, we're, we've we've exhausted all the other tropes. I see. I see. And I so see. we're like, we're going to just get to the other things. The We're going to get to the volcano exploding metaphorically and forically. And forically. <laughs> 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 uh, like, it's not I mean, meta it's literal <laughs> i would i would be i would have so many what i missed in this book is lauren's internal monologue which i feel like yeah. georgie had a lot yes. of and lauren had n- mm-hmm. n- very little and all of it was, it was very much uh don't drop me from this tree i don't want to roll off this platform to my death uh we're on a volcano let's build a boat Right. And everything, it, mm-hmm. it's sort of like her inner monologue didn't pass the Bechtel test. Like it was all about him. Ooh, yeah. Yikes. Right on. How dare you and right on. <laughs> so no, maybe that's, that's right. where she lost me is that she, she sort of had Excuse no me. personal needs that didn't have to do with him. And that was weird to me. I'm so sorry. She it was, it was very important to her that she wear clothes. Also, that she be covered at all times. Also, there is something really unsexy about him referring to her breasts at all times as teats. And that I no no none none of that was in in the sexual toolbox that I was raised with. <laughs> well, of course not. You weren't raised on a tribal island volcano. Yes, clearly. Uh, and so it was like, I get it. Like, that's the word that he used the first time or the first 12 times. But at some point, can it's we maybe teach the him? only word for it. I feel like she should have really stepped in and was like this not ill situation, because he was also really worried that she was um, ill right. with swollen breasts due to illness. Like, 
that could have been a really fun and funny. I mean, like I sort of it's it's in the same. I feel like it's meant to be the same joke as the extra finger when they kept referring to the clit as the extra finger. The third nipple. The third nipple. It was the extra nipple. Sorry. I feel like that's maybe the same joke, but like a different version of that joke. But just there's something. Mm. I don't know. It just it was extremely unsexy and it came up in a, like a sexual scene. And I was like, cool. I just took a cold shower reading that sentence. That was that was great. A uh, phrase I never thought I would say, but anthropomorphically speaking. Wait, no. Anthropologically speaking. That's the word I meant. Okay, that's better. Uh, I was like, what's going to talk? That's an object. <laughs> the trees are ants and you didn't know it this whole book that would have been hella interesting and then they all burned to death when the volcano exploded oh spoiler God. alert <laughs> took a dark you just turn. went places <laughs> i it was D D last night sorry everybody i'm just in that place anthropologically speaking they might only have one word for breasts because for the qui uh the saqui they breasts are functional right right they're, they're only not, for nursing the, yeah. fe- the females don't really have any anyway so right. yeah yeah i mean sure uh, i just mean so as like a, come on just get with the program i guess i don't know i guess i missed <laughs> the third nipple and i complained a lot about the third nipple being constantly referred yes, to as you such. did yes so yeah you did miss the book where the woman teaches the Saqui male about the G spot. That's that was a good one. That was a fun one. I have you not that read one. that one. You skipped I over did, that one. I did not read that one. That sounds yeah. okay. like a fun excerpt that I would just read just that part, maybe. <laughs> just yeah, yeah. You might just like that one sex scene. What else? Um, we already sort of mentioned that there are fewer sex scenes. They also seem. Mm-hmm. I don't know. There's again, there's like the premise sort of of the first one that this symbiote makes them uncontrollably needful for each Mm -hmm. other. That storyline is perpetuated a lot stronger in in the first book than it is in this book where Lauren is like, I don't know, I've never really been into dudes, but boy, am I into this dude. And like, it just seems so casual. Not in a like, I was a lesbian before way, or <laughs> I was a bisexual or asexual before. It's just like, look, it just didn't happen. I didn't fall on any dicks on earth. <laughs> well, she does say that <laughs> she's had boyfriends, but she had no interest in having sex yeah. with them. And now yeah. that... so. It, it might be that, that so she was somewhere she was. on the asexual spectrum, and that's not addressed yeah. at all. It's just like, I've never yeah. wanted to trip and fall on a dick, and now can't get enough of it. And <laughs> right. I, I wish there was more conversation, even internal monologue, that she had yeah. with herself about it. Uh, do you I'm gonna, Do you think that this was some weird, like, I'm so sorry, I'm going to take a weird swing through the jungle, a Tarzan porn? <laughs> Like a weird barbarian Tarzan fantasy. I mean... Because he, like, carried her through the treetops all the time, and they had sex in the top of the trees, and, like... And she brought him back to civilization, quotes, finger quotes. Uh, I mean... Just food for thought. Yeah, I mean, all of those bits line up. He doesn't speak any of her Mm -hmm. language. She figures out how Mm -hmm. to communicate with... Rocks, and drawings, and, and drawings, <laughs> and sexual favors. Um, wow, wow! I'm going to take another swing through the treetops. And do we have a cover of this book? 
Yes. Because we mm-hmm. haven't done the cover of this book. I, I, I do. We could just like, we're going talk. backwards, forwards and forwards, backwards, I guess. Here you go. Enjoy this adventure in not wow. even remotely where we should be land. Wow. Um, so for so, those of you... Um, no, hold, hold on just a second <laughs> before you go. So Ruby Dixon is reissuing her her books it, with new covers. And like, this is one of hold them. Hold on, I have that one too, and, digitally. Oh, okay, okay. So, so here's, we'll start, here's... let's start with this one. So this is Ice Planet Barbarians. Yes. And it's a, a cartooned you know, big blue alien background, human woman holding a spear, ice sort of foreground, midground, and then a spaceship in the in the far background flying away. Um whenever I see one of the old covers, like this one for Lawrence Barbarian, I'm like, Lawrence Barbarian is like the 20 something book. We're not gonna see the new cover for this for years. Because they're doing like two or three new covers a year. It's going to be years, people. <laughs> so we're stuck with this for a while. Right. Uh, so in the very background, do you want to do it? Do you want sure. me to do it? So um, this is a Photoshopped book cover <laughs> uh, rather than a cartooned one. In the very back, there is an exploding mm. volcano actively spewing fire. Are you sure that is not the Eye of Sauron? Could be Eye of Sauron, sure. In the foreground, there's a woman wearing a grass skirt and a tank top. And a blue gentleman is next to her who only has two arms, is wearing pants, and... Oh! (laughs) And is in no way the person described in the book. (laughs) Uh, Look at how many fingers we have happening. Oh, yes. Also, he has all five human fingers it's very specific Mm -hmm. in the book that he's freaked out that she has five fingers and that all of them are functional yeah i also want to point out that in the book he's mentioned as having a perpetual five o'clock shadow weird the weirdest detail to have but he does have a five o'clock shadow all over his body in this book cover yeah but he's no he's supposed to be hairless like obliques no, he has a five, a perpetual five o'clock shadow. Well, because the cat people are hairier, and then uh-huh. he has a perpetual five o'clock shadow. Interesting. He always has facial hair, but like it doesn't grow. I, well, I guess not. We don't. It's just <laughs> maybe it's like his baby hair is more coarse or longer. Look, I'm not a scientist or a doctor. <laughs> Or an anthropologist or an animaniac, but uh, (laughs) I can't explain it. (laughs) He he has four arms. What more do you want from me? All right. Um, On that note, we're going to take a short break. (laughs) Okay, bye. Hello and welcome to the Annabelle H. Godfrey Historic Estate and Museum. Thank you for joining us on the Godfrey's world-famous audio guide. I'll be your host for the duration of your time here at the estate, and look forward to enlightening you as to the history and unique beauty of Annabelle's eclectic collection of art, antiquities, and curiosities. But before we begin, I must go over a few notices and estate rules. Firstly, on the chance that you failed to read the fine print when checking out this audio guide, and are currently standing in the middle of our atrium, waiting for a staff member to come and collect you, This is a self-guided tour. 
Each audio guide is equipped with a GPS tracking device, which triggers the commentary for the nearest collection item. This provides the dual benefit of a custom experience for you and helping the Godfrey staff locate unreturned audio guides. Many audio guides are discovered abandoned in dark and seldom traversed corners of the estate, their patrons nowhere to be found. Which leads me to my second point of business. Stay out of the shadows. Thirdly, breaks in commentary as you move between collection items may be filled with historical tidbits about the estate, details about current or upcoming exhibits and offerings, general announcements, or words from our sponsor. Do not be alarmed when these start playing. And no, you cannot mute or skip them. Fourthly, and this should go without saying, do not touch any collection items. This is for your own safety. That's all for now. Shall we begin? The Godfrey Audio Guide is a fiction podcast that blends horror, sci-fi, and art history, both real and imagined, and which guides the listener through the mysterious Godfrey Estate and Museum. Interested in taking the tour? Find the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or wherever you like to listen. And make sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode. See you at the museum. We're going to take an intermission. When we come back, we will discuss our favorite moments from the book, and if this book made us want to get naked. All right, and we are back. Um, We are talking about Ruby Dixon's books. We're talking, we're comparing Ruby Dixon's Lauren's Barbarian from Ice Home series to uh, Ice Planet Barbarian from the Ice Planet Barbarian series. (laughs) Nailed it. Nailed that return from break. Perfect. So good. A plus. Excellent. Okay. So we're going to talk about our favorite moments in the book. And in case you, for some reason, skipped part one of this episode and just (laughs) jumped in after the intermission. Good for uh, you. (laughs) Good for you. (laughs) I did not love Lauren's Barbarian because nothing about that book worked for me. So my favorite moment is from Georgie's book. (laughs) Excellent. Well done. Yeah. And and my favorite moment from Georgie's book is when she comes to, he's between her legs, he's already in the middle of doing what he does best, which is, as you put it recently, (laughs) licking her wet folds, because that is a sentence in every (laughs) single one of these books. And instead of like freaking out or being terrified she grabs onto his horns and directs him to where to do it better um i love Mm -hmm. that scene and it's it's super early on in the book and it hooks you in and it makes you trust him in this unexplicable Mm -hmm. way that works for this series and it makes this act that might have been dubious consent and intrusive something that she actively participates in and immediately relieves the tension Mm -hmm. of that possibility The same moment does not exist in Lauren's book. This is where it's at, right? This is where it's at. I bought this book a few weeks ago and I was stuck in traffic after buying it. And so I just went to that scene and read that chapter sitting in traffic because it's that good. It's that good of a scene. It's page 40. Yeah. Page 40, people. It's insane. 
first sexual encounter that is not him masturbating to her unconscious body in Lauren's Barbarian is 40% into the book. Yeah. It, it feels early because there's so much like yeah. story building. Yeah. But and and it feels early compared to some of the other books. I will tell you that. There are definitely okay. some slow burns in the Excuse me. I shouldn't drink and do this, uh, do these kinds of things, but it makes it more fun. And I've lost my train of thought. So let's just move on from there. So it's earlier than some of the slow burns, but it's not as early yes. as the very first book, which is really like the hook yeah. of that book is that it's smutty yeah. from the get go. And that's why you're reading them. Yeah. Yeah. So, yes. What is your most compelling moment? What's your favorite moment? I won't say I have a favorite moment from this. In fact, I'm interested to see, I have been ranking the books as I read them and how much I like them or not. And I know for sure it didn't crack my, uh, my top three, uh, like not even close, but did it even, have I even ranked it yet? I don't think I've even ranked it yet, but it's not going to be, it's going to be in the bottom half, definitely. So I would say my most favorite compelling moment is comparing it to the first book and finding all the similarities. But otherwise, it wouldn't be a half bad... Okay, it would be a pretty good B-minus action romance movie. Like, the volcano is exploding behind <laughs> them and they're paddling on the raft. It would be a USA special. It, that good? Are we saying that good? I was I like, mean, like straight to DVD bargain bin. Like so, Sharknado because can levels. you imagine the CJ? Yes, Sharknado. Yes, cult, cult level bad rom com. Because it the it extra still is kind of action. Yeah, they're just flopping around because they're like I don't know. Anyway, it's uh, hilarious and funny in my mind. Uh, and then you get to shoot on a tropical island. Yeah, unfortunately for this four-armed uh, alien who's supposed to be the very attractive hero, some of us played Mortal Kombat when we were younger. And in it, there is a four-armed character who is not a mm -hmm. good person and does mm. very gratuitous, very bloody things to other people with all four of their his arms. Coincidentally, does not have five fingers. So, uh, like, I just kept imagining... Is that the real reason that you hated this book? Because <laughs> Mortal Kombat flashbacks? I, no, but it didn't help. <laughs> okay there All are right. so many other characters in mortal Kombat that make for an excellent sexual healing hero but that <laughs> that is not one of them <laughs> did you just call it mortal Kombat? that's just that's that just congestion i'm gonna blame that okay <laughs> I had to stop in the okay. middle of the word to take an extra breath in there <laughs> It's not how you say it. You don't say mortal, mortal combat no, every time I, I you just, say it. Not every time, just the times when I can't breathe. Okay, okay, all right. Because if you did, I'd mortal love you a little bit more. Combat. Oh my God, I love it. But now do it in your NPR voice. Oh. I'm just kidding. Okay, so I think we already know, but why don't you tell the people your hot take on Ice Home 1, Lauren's Barbarian? Oh, apparently read the first 23 before you dip your toe into <laughs> it's this only caldera. Like 16. So before you burn your foot off voluntarily? Okay. <laughs> Strong words. Um, 
And what was your hot take on Ice Planet Barbarians? The first one, I thought it was like super fun and pulpy. And yeah, like I was like, yes, everybody needs to read this. It's crazy and weird and messy, but uh, hot. And then you're really confused why you're really into blue dudes with tails. (laughs) Uh Yeah, like I was all about it. Okay. All right. Uh, For me, I'm fairly certain that Ice Home... Uh, Lawrence Barbarian is a shot-for-shot remake of Ice Planet Barbarians, just like all shot-for-shot remakes, too much CGI. Just not (laughs) as good. Just less of a cult classic, less of a nostalgia factor happening there. I see. Yeah. So, um, Going back to our Mortal Kombat, um, Uh I guess, analogy, the the new one isn't as good as the old one. For the people in the back, keep it classic. Uh, so, I, again, I think I know the answer. Did this book make you want to get naked? Uh, no. No. Uh, it took too long, okay. and then it was too weird. But I absolutely see the appeal of four hands for sensual pleasure. Um, I just don't know if mm-hmm. I need all those four hands to be attached to the same human or not human. It's really hot. That was a really hot thing you just said. Well done. Well done. Keep it sexy, everybody. Um, It wasn't the hotness for me. Like I said, this isn't going to crack my top five favorite Ruby Dixon books in this world series, world series. Yeah, I'm going to go with that. Also, question for Ruby Dixon. Has she ever had sex against a tree? Because it's not as comfortable as she wrote. I mean, I haven't either, but bark, people. Oh, there are so many questions I had with that scene because she's shorter than him and somehow they still yeah. lined up. But he, well, he lifted her with two, one of his arms. There was and always then, an arm and under then a her. tail was holding her leg. And I was like, yeah, that cramps yeah. over t- Like, there's a lot happening in that scene <laughs> that I was like, mmm. Uh, it's never going to do it for you if you're thinking about cramps. <laughs> basically, basically, yes. <laughs> Oh, no, I have a Charlie horse now. (laughs) Let's stop. So I will take this to the grave that these that this book was uh, intentionally supposed to be very much like Ice Planet Barbarians as the start of the next series. I do contend that you are correct and that it is the lesser duplication. It is the carbon copy in all intents and purposes. All right. Well, then uh, on that glowing review... (laughs) but it is made better by reading the previous 16 books (laughs) so wait you have to read 16 previous books and then you're gonna get to Uh a subpar book (laughs) that Uh is maybe slightly probably be more look here okay we're not gonna uh, you thought we were ending this episode but we're not (laughs) because i'm gonna tell you my current top five okay yes please that's that's important number one is book six Barbarian's Prize, which is uh, the book with Tiffany. Number two is book 16, which is the book that I read just before this book, uh, Barbarian's Tease, with the main character is Brooke. Book eight, which is Barbarian's Touch, and the main character is Lila. Number four is book one that we've talked about this whole episode. So that's four. Uh, and you, re- you remember how much I liked that book. There are three better books, in my opinion. And then rounding out my top five is book 12, Barbarian's Choice, uh, starring Saw Queen Female Farley. I see. 
I'll just read those then. <laughs> exactly. That's what I was thinking while you were talking about. It. I was like, I should just have you read the ones I liked. Yeah. And then just, our just... other book club members can send you the ones they liked. And then you'll read like, I don't know, six books and you won't have to read 16. Yes. I, I would appre- appreciate some uh, curation here. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Uh, we can handle that. We can absolutely now, handle that. Now, I will tell you that this, so this series sets up all of these other um, slightly. So, firstly, there are three different new tribes that all have different characteristics, mm-hmm. and then yeah. there is a dragon. Hum- Apparently, there's a dragon um, humanoid male. Um, yes, I guess is how I would describe that person. So it gets into so it it in terms of the differences between the humans mm-hmm. and their partners that really changes so maybe yeah. that's the appeal of yes. the series is that it it mixes up the physiology of the connected partners mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. not so if you wanted your partner to be red with horns and a tail you get some of that uh i believe yeah i think it, so, at least like, one of yes, them is that it, there's like a gold one of the guys is gold uh so He's gold. I, I don't know any more than you do. <laughs> I read that in the first chapter. Um, so that's my point is that there is like there's some variety and yeah. that that is maybe the interest. Um, so I'm not saying mm-hmm. no to all of them, but I am saying that maybe maybe this one was a slow start. Yeah. Um, look, I'll make you read another one if I have to. Perfect. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm here to talk about it in not great terms while um, taking <laughs> side trips to Mortal Kombat territory. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, I think the people who have been listening to us from the start know this about you already. <laughs> True story. True story. Then this is for the uh, for the diehard fans. For the diehards, thank you for being here. We'll see you next week. Nope. Next two weeks. That's right. Thank you for joining us for an episode of Booklandia. For more Booklandia, follow us on YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram at l.skyford, Twitter at skyfordl, and hit up our blog, lskyford.com. We love you to the moon and back, so don't forget to rate and subscribe. Our eternal thanks for the audio editing and support provided by Finnegan Murphy, who you can find on Twitter at Finnegan1, that's F-I-O-N-N-E-G-A-N, numeral one, and sometimes Sky herself.